What's up? And welcome to the Single Player Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden. And in this episode, we're going to be going over and doing a deep dive into one of the hottest indie games this year, and that is McKee's Adventures. This is a game that really stood out to me, and I feel like it's flying way underneath the radar. So in this episode, I thought I'd up the ante. Instead of me just doing a deep dive on what I liked about the game, I thought I'd invite the creator and director of the game, Mateo, to talk all about the game. So in this episode, we're going to be talking to him about the direction of the game, the game's inspirations, and a lot of the game's key features. So if you want to hear about a cool indie game that you should definitely check out, then stay tuned because we're going to have that for you and more right after the intro. DJ, start the intro, man. This is the Single Player Experience, the podcast that helps single player gamers manage their video game backlog. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my main quest is to help you manage your ever-growing video game backlog by letting you know which single player games are worth your time and money so that you can have the best single player experience. Now, without further ado, let's start the show. DJ, cut the beat. Hey everyone, like I said in the intro, we have a very special guest joining us today. He is the creator of one of the dopest games of 2023. I promise, man, y'all should play this. Y'all are sleeping on an absolute banger. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is the creator of McKees Adventures. He's the founder of Zoro Art Studio. He is the one, the only, Mateo. Mateo, how you doing today? Hello, hello. Thank you for the invitation to the interview. I'm really good. Thank you for the invite. And how about you? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Mateo, for the people who may not know you, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Okay, so my name is Matteo. I'm a 20 years old game dev from Germany. I uh, opened the game studio Zoroarts. It's a solo developer studio and it's only me. So <laughs> I do all the stuff, all the magic behind the games. Um, in 2021, I started with the development of my first video game, Maki's Adventure. Um, and yeah, right now it's released and I'm here to talk about it. <laughs> Man, that's amazing. So I got to ask, at you know, 21 years of age, right? Uh, 20, 20. 20, you're about to be 21. I, I rounded up a little bit. Yeah, uh, it, this year it's 21, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this year is 21. So let, at 20 years old, you created a video game. What was that like? Like at 20 years old, you created something with like that people can actually go out and play right now. It's really uh, unreal, to be honest. It's uh, like, it's really excited, exciting to release a video game and to develop it. Like from the development side, you just uh, sit at home and uh, look at code and art and it's nothing that big. But at the, in the end, if you look at your journey, for example, I uh, tested some old game builds from 2021 in the beginning, like one week after development start. And to see the progress from this game build to the actual released video game, it's really special and it really made me happy, to be honest. It just, you have to stick to it. You have to work on it daily and it's a, a daily grind. I worked on the game uh, uh, almost every day for two, uh, over the two years and it's really great to made it to the end. Okay, okay. So, you know, I, I kind of get ran you through what we're going to be talking about on the show, but like, I forgot to tell you of a question that kind of just popped into my head just now. Like, you created this for two years after you after you hit the release and published the game. What, how did you celebrate? Did you have some cake? What, I mean, what'd you do to celebrate that? Um, at the first point, it was like, 
I released the video game. It's uh, great. I, I celebrated. I um, talked to friends. I we went out and had a great uh, great dinner at a restaurant, and walked through a park and talk about the time. But it's also like <laughs> it was really stressful to release the game because like there are there appeared many different bugs that are all fixed by now that were reported. But those bugs really made me a stressful release, to be honest. It's <laughs> like I had on release day, the people liked the game. They really loved it. It had a positive rating on Steam on the first day. So it went into a great direction. But um, it's also like the game is great, but there are too many bugs. So I, I knew I had to have to fix the bugs ASAP. Just mm -hmm. uh, on day one and uh, day two, I fixed almost every bug that was reported. And after that, it's like, Streamers played it, YouTubers played it, and they all had a great time. I got great feedback from players, and it's it, it felt really great. But like, um, it was a really stressful time to to be fair <laughs> with the bugs. So you went out to dinner and then got right back to work on fixing all the bugs, huh? Yeah, that's the game death life. You you don't have time to celebrate. <laughs> there are so many bugs, and also like next games and projects that uh, want to be started and. No time to celebrate right now. <laughs> I understand. So at 20 years old, putting out your first game, like how long have you been in game development? Um, before Marcus Adventure, I was, it was like one year of prototyping. Mm -hmm. I made many different prototypes. So it's not the first game, but the first release game from me, Marcus Adventure. Before really Marcus cool. Adventure, I made, I think, 11 prototypes. Uh, I released also two mobile games that were just like, two or three levels, so just the basic game loop. But the players really liked it, and it had like four stars in the Play Store, four out of five. So it was really great to get feedback on some games you made. And also not only feedback from from, from players you know, like friends, but also feedback from unknown players from the internet. It was really great to get this like um, neutral feedback, I think. Okay. And also, like, I developed some game jams, of course. It, it was the first project I started was a game jam project where I had to develop a game in one, one, one day and also one game jam with seven days of time. It was really great. It was a great thing to start, and I would, like, I would do it over and over, make game jams, small prototypes, and then with the time, you go into the big releases. Okay, I got you. I got you. That's really cool, man. It sounds like you just like hit the ground running, though. It's like you like you like got into this and you just like just like, hey, man, this is what I'm going to do. I'm like, you sound like you just were on a mission. Yeah, it's like it's always a grind game development. Mm -hmm. You don't have um, like after you release a game. I always want to make a new game. It's like <laughs> I love making video games and for example, after the two years of development, I, I just started with my new game right now, and it feels really great to start off with a completely new game from zero. Uh, so um, if you develop a game for two years, after one year, it's just like you play this game every day for testing. You also like you start the game engine with this game every day, and it's, it gets kind of boring, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it feels great to dive into new pro new projects and start off completely new and fresh. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, that's really cool. Well, Mateo, I want to get to know you a little bit more. So I'm going to ask you one of the hardest questions you like gamers have to answer. And that's, what are your top games of all time? Like top five? 
my top five, like my number one spot is Wind Waker from the Zelda series. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just love the art style. I love the stories. And it's also the main inspiration behind Maki's Adventure. I, um, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, many players uh, told me that the game reminds them of, of Wind Waker. And that's really an honor for me. Mm -hmm. It feels great that players feel this nostalgic, nostalgic and great feeling like from Wind Waker with the big ocean world and many different islands. That's the vibe I wanted to catch with my game. That's amazing. So Okay, number, number two. two. <laughs> it's really hard because I have so many uh, favorite games. Number two is Hollow Knight. Hollow oh, yes. It's a great game in my opinion. And I'm really anticipating Silk Song. And... Um, Yeah, it's, it's a great game. I love the platforming and the art style. Like Hollow Knight it was uh, one of the big inspirations behind the platforming. And I knew I want to make a platformer when I played Hollow Knight. Uh, to be honest, I played Hollow Knight right into the development. So it wasn't like I played Hollow Knight and then I decided to make the game. Mm -hmm. But Hollow Knight like, like, um, accompanied me throughout the journey of development. Oh, that's so really I played cool. a lot to get inspiration for how to make like Jump physics feel great, and for example, also boss fights. How to make boss fights? I, I always love to get inspiration from other big games. Oh, okay. So number three is, um, I would say, it's Overwatch. I love, I love it. I play it a lot with my friends, and um, I, to be honest, right now I only play multiplayer games. I lost the um, love right now. I, I don't have anything because Silk Song is not out yet, <laughs> so I don't have like. I played Wind Waker some some day, and uh, I started a new sci-fi with Wind Waker. It's also a great game. I want to play over and over over my life, and um, also like maybe I will play some more Zelda games. Like Ocarina of Time is also on my playlist for a long mm -hmm. time now. I played as a child, and so I would say um, spot number four would be Ocarina of Time. Okay. I loved it on my Nintendo uh, back then. Okay, number five. Yeah. It's really, it's really exciting to choose one of the games <laughs> I love. Um, I would say... I don't want to give it to another Zelda, Zelda game. Uh, I would say Pokemon Pearl. Pokemon oh, Pearl was a big, okay. big, big game for me in my childhood. I love to play Pokemon games. And I think Pokemon Pearl was my first Pokemon Uh, I mean, I'm uh, I was one in 2002, so I didn't grow up with uh, Pokemon Gold or Pokemon Red. Mm -hmm. I grew up with Pokemon Pearl, and um, yeah, Pokemon Pearl was would be my spot number five. I would say I just love the pixel art, and I would wish that Nintendo start over with a new Pokemon and pixel art style. To be honest, I, I'm right there with you, but like that's I felt like that was my old man kind of talking because I'm 31 at the like right now and like I I grew up with like red blue you know gold silver crystal and all those those were kind of like my like my pearl so to speak and like I yeah I, I miss that art style it was so simplistic yeah. but so detailed at the same time I miss it I almost wish they'd like come out with a 3d game and then come out with a 2d game sort of like what we get with Mario but Yeah, I am I'm so curious. So follow-up questions here. Like all right, so I I heard a lot of Zelda. Are you going yeah. to be playing Tears of the Kingdom this year? Of course. Yeah, uh, like I loved I loved uh, Breath of the Wild. So mm -hmm. it was a big game for me back in I think I think it was 2017. Yeah, right? 2017. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, I played it a lot, and I loved loved the. I really loved that you could explore and experience the old spots like the London Farm, if you know it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, to see that they built it into the game, and the bits that they built the, all this nostalgic places from Zelda into one big game. It's like a dream game for me, Breath of the Wild. So I think Tears of, Tears of the Kingdom would be my number one um, game right now to look for in the future. Yeah, I, I will definitely play that. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So one last get-to-know-you type of question. So if Kirby from Super Smash Brothers in the Kirby series absorbed you, what kind of powers would he get? Um, like, one of the big things about me is that I eat a lot, and I love to eat. So um, eating food is one of my um, things I love to do next to sleeping and developing. <laughs> and I would say maybe that he could eat more when he eats me like his um, hunger gets bigger and increases so uh, something like uh, the a, a big boy mode i would say i like that <laughs> he I like just that. eats through the whole game world i would um, maybe end but maybe he has to sleep to recover then that, that would be <laughs> the, the flaw behind the, the mechanic he's got a hibernate after he after he has his big meals i yeah. like that i like that so tell me then what what's the go-to like meal for you snack so to speak Mm, go to me it's i love potatoes i love potatoes. Uh, noodles mm -hmm. like um this uh how do you say it um i love to get go to the asian market and this rice with uh, with i don't know not cooked but um like I will, steamed yeah steamed rice mm -hmm. that's uh, i love it oh, and okay. also fish i love fish um yeah <laughs> Fish okay. and rice. I got you. I got you. So before we go though, you're gonna have to give me like a German rick German dish to, like to recommend to me because I'm I'm gonna have to try it out. So um before that though, let's get to the topic of the show because we got a cool game to talk about. So before we get to that though, we have I want to ask you. You can you came up with a really cool studio name, Zora Arts. How'd you come up with yeah. that name? Um. Many people think that it comes from the the sword fighter Zoro from mm -hmm. Zoro from One Piece. Um, I love the character to be um, to be honest. Yeah, it's it may be one of the inspirations. But the thing I um, think thought about when thinking about the name was the Pokemon Zoroa, if you know. Oh. It. Mm -hmm. I love his design and I wanted to build it into my studio name. Um, and I also later on. I think I wanted to go into more of a personal name, but it was just too late because everyone knew me as Zoro Arts. I couldn't mm -hmm. change my name now. So yeah, I stick to the name. <laughs> I like it. I like it though. Like like you said though, I almost like right when I read it for the first time, I immediately pictured the One Piece character Zoro, you know? Yeah, that's a great, great character, but not my main inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. So Let's talk about it for the people who may not have heard of this game, because like I like I said, I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on an absolute banger yeah. here. Can you describe McKee's adventures to the audience? Um, I have this one elevator pitch mm -hmm. fight, dash, swim and bite your way through three different dungeons. Let your inner shark out. That's the, the main uh, elevator pitch. So it's basically about you play as this small demon called Maki and you wake up in an old prison cell and the only thing you wake up to is next to your brother. And um, then you have to 
find your, uh, explore your story again, what happened to you. And uh, basically you have to find your shark tooth because some evil antagonist stole your shark tooth from you. And you have to travel between different dungeon islands and um, recover all the shark tooths. And with, all, with each shark tooth, you uh, get one shark ability back. So mm -hmm. you, in the end, you have three different shark types, the reef shark, the hammerhead shark, and the mako shark. Every shark has different abilities and um, pros and cons. So you have to basically get the shark types and use them in puzzles, for example, or use them to fight against enemies and fight your way to the evil antagonist at the end of the game. It's five to six hours of playtime. And yeah, it also features a 3D uh, hub world where, where you travel uh, between the island in the Wind Waker style. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's it's funny that you mention it because now that you say Wind Waker, like that's all I can think of. It's like it is very Wind Waker when you're traversing through the islands. But like, yeah, when I was playing the game, like maybe this is because I'm like a, a grouchy old man, but like I was thinking, like it almost felt like Diddy Kong Racing um meets like Mario, like Mario sixty four type of art style to where like it almost felt like um. Nintendo 64-esque to where like the like like that kind of open world but it really is like really amazing how you come up with that concept because it is very unique to have like a 2D action platformer mixed in with like a 3D open world dynamic to where you get to traverse the the different islands like that. Yeah. How'd you how'd you come up with this game, man? Um it's really like not uh, that planned. Many people mm -hmm. think that I have one big game design document where I planned every step in the development. It's the beginning of the development, but that not at all the, the my case. In my case, it's more like I love to uh, describe it as I have an idea and I will implement it. So over the time, I just got all the ideas. To be honest, the shark ability, that's something players really um, think about when I say that, but the shark ability came into the game one year after development start. Wow. So at the, at the beginning of the game, it should just be a platform of a demon. But one year after the development, I really came up with, with the idea, why don't I add sharks into the game? Because I was working on a swimming feature in, for the game. So in Mario's style, you should die, uh, jump into water and swim with your character through the water to make some cool water traversion. But um, after I um, coded the, the movement physics, I was more like, hmm, that's more like swimming like a fish. Mm -hmm. And then I thought maybe he transforms because players really like transformations in video games. Like when you see this, um, I, I have one game in my mind where you transform into a dragon and it looks so cool. And it's also an indie game. When I saw it, I, I was really in love with it. But um, back in 2022, beginning of 2022, I came up with the idea. I think I uh, I just love sharks for my whole life. I, I think they are really beautiful and really uh, cool creatures and animals. So I really wanted to give them a high role into my game and maybe make them the main feature because sharks are so unique and um, special anim animals. Like, Every different shark type in the in the real world has also different like pros. For example, the, the macro shark is really really fast in the real world, mm -hmm. so it's really like one of the fastest animals in the water. And it's really like I came up with it. Oh, it has to be a speed boost for the macro shark in this case. So I really wanted to 
um, come up with really natural and really um, self-explanatory ideas for the shark abilities. Not like, oh, the, the micro shark can shoot laser beams, for example. <laughs> I, I do not wanted to make uh, ideas like that. Yeah, I came up with the ideas really spontaneous. I First of all, I just made one basic shark. And like two weeks later, I thought, why not um, different shark types with different abilities? Yeah, so that, that's how the idea came into the game. I love it. I love it. So, you know, how how did you decide which sharks to put in? Because like, like you said, you're a big shark enthusiast, so to speak, like you were talking right now. And I felt like I was like watching like shark week from animal planet <laughs> and such like that. I'm like, man, you can tell that you love these, these animals. I'm like, how did you decide on those three though? Um, like with the hammerhead and with the micro shark, it was really clear for me because mm -hmm. the hammerhead shark is really has this special um, look. Mm -hmm. And it also like, when players um, hear it's a hammerhead shark and there's a breakable stone wall, maybe the hammerhead shark is the yeah. one with, who can help here. But with the reef shark, for example, I'm really um, not good with the idea right now because later in the development, I just recognize there is this tiger shark in the real world, which mm -hmm. would fit way better to the aggressive uh, fighter shark. So um, if I could change it right now, I would make it into a tiger <laughs> shark and not a reef shark mm -hmm. because a reef shark is really like basic and normal and um, the other sharks are so special and uh, look so different. Like for example, the macro shark is really stretched and he has his big eyes. So that's where he looks really like a ghost, really unique in the real world too. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I designed him. Um, but for example, the reef shark, I really wanted to make him a tiger shark later on, <laughs> but it was too late. I feel you. I feel you. So maybe in, maybe if you decide to do a, f a future installment into McKee's Adventure, you can do the yeah. tiger shark. But, you know, like I, you absolutely killed it with this game. So you have sharks that have different abilities like you were describing. But let's talk about the art style. What made you decide on using that 2D slash 3D art style there? Um, like with the pixel art, it was my first game in pixel mm -hmm. art style, but I just wanted to make pixel art because I love Pokemon Pearl. So I really love this pixel art um, design in the in my early uh, in my early age, and I wanted to make a video game for a long time. And I was like, hmm, there are so many cool 3D games. I want to go into the 2D direction because I I thought with 2D you can basically. Um, decide on the look because you would draw it. In 3D, mm -hmm. there's also like there's rendering the 3D objects and it will not I always thought that it will not, not look like in Blender, my, my 3D software, it will not be not have the same look in the Unity engine but when mm -hmm. I draw with pixel art I, I know how, how it will look in the game engine, if you know what I mean yeah. and because I set the colors manually on each pixel and um, the, yeah, and I also love Pokemon Pearl, so that's mm. why I decided on 2D pixel art. And like, um, it may surprise you, but also the 3D hub world feature came really, uh, really late in development. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was like a really spontaneous idea because um, you know, a short hike. Mm -hmm. It was a game I I played. I found on itch.io. I played it. And then I um, played it for two, three hours, completed it. And then I completely fell in love with the look. I loved the 3D pixelized look. And I um, watched some um, GDC talk from the developer. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how he made it. 
I um to be honest, I saw the video and I thought mm, that may not be fitting for my game. Um, maybe I will find another approach. And later on, I made it just. I wrote um, um another different um render pipeline feature for Unity, so I'm rendering it in pixel art and not like he, for example, made a new camera and downsized the resolution of the of the image that the camera renders. So that's how he made it. But I thought that it gets to uncontrolled uh, results sometimes. So I made this into my own approach. And yeah, I came up with the idea from a short hike, with, which was a great inspiration for the 3D pixel art. I love that and game. Also, love that game. Yeah, me too. I love it. I love the game design and the world. And I could talk about it for hours. Uh, but yeah, like I knew when I have this 2D pixel art style, I cannot just make... Um, uh, 3D models with hard edges, so this will not look like the same game, and this will not match the other art style. So I knew I have to pixelize it in any way, and yeah, that's my my uh, thoughts about the 3D pixelization. I like that. I like that. So, Thanks. what would you think? It, like, how would you describe like the lessons that you learned while creating this game, and not just on the technical side? I'm like, what did this game teach you about yourself? There's so much I learned on my lesson. <laughs> Uh, on my two-year um, journey, it's like I started when I I thought like making a game. My mates prototypes is really easy. I will make the game in two to three weeks. Um, then I got my school graduation at the same time, so it was a really tough time for me. I had to write my last exams and um, learn for school really much. And like development came really short, maybe one or two hours a day in the evenings. So it's really uh, one thing that hold me back from my development time, but um, I got it working somehow. I I made a lot of progress in school in the in the breaks and took my laptop with Unity into my school and worked there on, in the library, for example. Um, and right now I also like there's not like I, I I'm not developing full time, so I have to balance a lot right now. Like my study studies, I'm mm -hmm. studying informatics. Um, it's full time uh, full time university right now. And also like a mini job. So uh, in my other time, I develop games and work at my studio. Um, so yeah, I have to uh, had to learn a lot, a lot about time management. Also about how to market a game because I started with absolutely zero knowledge. I just thought I will post it on TikTok and Instagram and it will blow up immediately. But I never got, got any... Um, viral tweets except mm -hmm. my release that announced with i think 100k views on twitter oh that's really but, cool yeah it's also like uh because i posted it under tweets of like the game awards and the people that really loved it the mm -hmm. community of the game awards and that's what really helped me like to know where to post the game where the people are who would like the game and would share the game also like if you know big mode mm -hmm. uh, this um uh, studio from donkey video game donkey here made a post like show me your game for my studio and maybe we will get into a contract and i posted it there and i was the first person who posted under his tweet and this tweet blew up and my tweet also blew up with that i got like 50k views only from that posting there so it really helped me a lot knowing where to post to market my game also like i knew a lot about feature creep i learned many things to avoid like it's not a good approach to not plan the development and make every decision really spontaneous. It's exactly the bad way and the not not so good way. <laughs> uh, 
And yeah, I failed a lot, like um, submitting a game too late to any um, competitions. Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot in the game showcases and um, in-person showcases. And I missed a lot of them because I didn't have this Google Doc sheet where you have all the data from the indie game industry. And it's really like, I know where to find the events now. And I know I learned a lot on this side too. And yeah, also like I flew to many different and uh, traveled to many different um, uh, competitions and uh, events. I also like through my connection, I got um, exhibitor pass for Gamescom last year. So I could go there too and talk with publishers, pitch my game and also, I had my first meetings with publishers and other people who port my game, for example. Um, it failed in the end because the communication was a bit vague and not, mm -hmm. not there. <laughs> and also, like I uh, learned a lot about not giving up because of one big publisher who don't answer. So it was a big thing for me, a big, big learning thing for me. And I loved, I loved that I could learn so much. Oh, that's amazing. It sounds like there's a lot of story there. I mean, you had yeah. a lot a lot of learning curves, a lot of per like a lot of things you had to persevere through. And it's just amazing, man. You absolutely killed it. You got a game out. Um, and and it's a good one game. Thing, one thing I have to admit. Um also like one big thing I learned is that I don't miss out small opportunities in the first side. For example, mm -hmm. there was this German video game award. I thought it's it's really small because because they had like not um, a few hundred and a few thousand followers on the social medias and no one was speaking about it. So I thought it was not that special, but I learned a lot about it and I uh, applied my game, uh, my prototype for it in the last minute. And to my surprise, I got nominated for the German Video Game Awards then. And I won 25,000 euros from only what? this uh, application. That uh, is amazing. During development, it's uh, really mm. like, it was life-changing for me. Because like I'm only a student and I don't I didn't know that this uh, high amount of money was that great to get and that easy to get. Like I, I thought you have to work seven uh, seven years in the industry to make that amount of money, and mm -hmm. and I was 19 in this uh, this time, so it was really special for me. And I could like upgrade my setup. I could buy my me new programs that would be better than my actual programs and. It's really like a big opportunity for me. That's amazing, man. That congratulations on that, and that's really <laughs> cool. Um, I gotta ask you, what is your favorite feature about the game? Um, favorite feature is uh, of course the shark. The sharks, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but also like the 3D hub world. That's one thing I pitch in every pitch I write. Mm -hmm. So I write it every in every thing a pitch to publishers or YouTubers. Like, oh, this special thing is also like the game is 2D, but there's a 3D area as well. And um, every time I, I say it to someone in person, they are like, huh? what do you mean by that? They are really surprised. And it's really one thing that's also very unique about the game, like you said before. Yeah, for so, sure. So, yeah, that's my two main features. And I love the features. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So when you were planning this out, did you originally plan to have this being like a five to six hour kind of experience? Um, I it's just in the start, I planned to make it into a 10 hour experience, but it's one one wish I had and the wish really like vanished because mm -hmm. I had play tests and um, like when my brother played it, he's really like he plays games slow and like explores everything about the game because he's also a programmer and likes to break the game and find <laughs> things to break and um, 
give everything like extra hours and extra minutes to take place, if you know what I mean. So um, having him test the game or other people I know test the game is like other players from my first internal playtest uh, completed my demo in 20 minutes. And I planned a development time, a playtime of one hour for the demo. Mm -hmm. So it's like um, in the uh, right now, the demo has like an, a regular time of 50 minutes. But so 50 to 55, so 50 to one hour, like if, for example, was the playtime, is the playtime right now. But it's like um, I uh, later on, I just uh, found maybe not stretching the game out that much. Maybe I will stick to my main features and comp complete them and polish the game a bit more. And yeah, I'm really thankful for me that I didn't want to stretch out the game to 10 hours because I think it would be way more boring than... Yeah, than intended. I, I like that because um, I feel like um a lot of people kind of, like you said, kind of like stretch it out and kind of yeah. uh, over pad, so to speak. And, you know, like a lot of people, especially in the indie space, we when we play indie games, we like experiences that are curated and very much like tight concise very polished experiences but like short sweet get to the you know get to like the the buffet get to the meal of it and yeah. i feel like yeah i feel like you you do that really well in this game i want to talk i want to switch gears here like you you have some really cool designs here especially like the art style when it comes to the the 2d aspect is one of the things that stood out to me because like in one level you have a an area where like you're dealing with mostly like plants and you even have like a plant centric boss. Like what was it like coming up with all these different ideas for all the areas in the game? It's really one thing that took way too much time <laughs> deciding what elements and what, what part of the game should be like, um, which elements in the real world. Like for example, I plan to make an ice, um, ice themed dungeon. Mm -hmm. So it's like an ice golem, for example, with a big boss and it's really slippery and you sl have slide puzzles, for example. But that's where my big uh, problem came in with the shark feature. Mm -hmm. Like when there's ice, the water would freeze and there would be no place for ice, for ice um, platform, for water platforming in this area. So I later um, um, like crossed out the, the ice dungeon. Maybe this will come into a DLC, for example, on into the sequel, mm -hmm. who knows. But um, like I knew the first dungeon will be like more of a tutorial dungeon where you meet the first characters, like get to know the shark platforming. Um, this uh, also the first dungeon was really like more on the land and not on the water. So I wanted to like introduce both done both gameplay um, gameplay types into the same uh, percentage. So 50 percent land and fifty percent water gameplay. And yeah, it's my first theme of the dungeon and it should be a prison because you should be prisoned by the evil antagonist and you should wake up in your prison cell. So um, after that, I wanted to make like this Harbonia, this NPC island, like Port Monet from Wind Waker, mm -hmm. where you meet other NPCs and um, no, you find this collectible, this monkey coins, but you don't have a boss. So it's really like relaxed and you just make some mini games, have a great time meet the doggo and uh, maybe pet the dog. Yeah, I, I had to. Had to. <laughs> it's like one of the tweets where I showed that you, that you can pet the dog reach like 30,000 views mm -hmm. just because players love to pet the dog. And like this was the features, um, like the other feature was fishing, fishing and petting the dog. The, are those two features that 
players just love in video games and there are those Twitter accounts where people just post about video games where you can pet the dog. Yeah. And <laughs> like, yeah, that's the idea I came up with um, Harbonia Island. Um, then I also knew like um, from Pokemon, there are this uh, basic elements such as the leaf uh, and the, uh, the leaf element mm-hmm. where you have this forest or jungle-like environment. And I knew that I want to make spiders as uh, video game enemies in my game. And I also really want to make like this samurai type, this leaf samurai type of enemy with the, who like uh, has a stash ability. Mm-hmm. Because I I just designed some basic NPCs and then I came up with the enemy design. So I later on changed the NPC design and um, it's more like the Leaf Samurai is an evil NPC, if you know what I mean. So it's yeah. like one of the villagers, but maybe he got um, he got a curse or maybe he got bitten by a spider and transformed to an evil villager, for example. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, really that's cool. how I came up with the enemies there. That's really cool. I so before we go though, I have a couple more questions, final questions about the game. For one, can, let's let's tell people where is the game available. Um, the game is available on Steam right now. Just search for Maki's Adventure, mm-hmm. and also on itch, uh, itch.io. If you know the store, it's also like for indie games, and there's also in each store this is like nine dollars, nine mm-hmm. to ten dollars. I don't know the regional pricing for Steam. But like around ten to nine dollars, like in on Steam. Maybe also like with a with a, a sale. I don't know yet. But in the next few weeks, I want to make an, a launch, pre a post launch sale. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I will announce it on my Twitter account. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, have you played this game on the Steam Deck yet? Um. I do not own a Steam Deck, uh-huh. but I got many reports and players played on the Steam Deck already. Like the game runs alright on the Steam Deck. Like for example, I couldn't implement the correct UI for the keybind for the mm-hmm. controls because I just don't have a Steam Deck for testing. But um, players really um, like accept some small UI uh, problems where the, the text um, is like a bit cropped by the by the ratio of the Steam Deck. But the rest is uh, running really great, like from my players. Yeah. So, what was it like to see people playing your game? Um, like one big thing for me was when one player sent me that he played the demo on his Steam Deck back when I developed mm-hmm. the game, and seeing my game running on the Steam Deck as a standalone, and like he was sitting there on the on his TV next to his TV on his couch and playing my game on his Steam Deck, and it's really like one thing that really like. I was a dude playing other games with my Nintendo Switch, and mm-hmm. now people play my game on their Steam Deck, and <laughs> it feels really special and really great as a developer. That's amazing. So that's really, and of course, like play, seeing people play the games on events like Gamescom or Defcom. Mm-hmm. Like when you walk past your booth and see someone having fun with your game in person, and like there was this one thing. Like it was on the DreamHack. I submitted my game to DreamHack and I exhibited there in Hanover in Germany. And I was there and with my friend, we got to the to the diner and had a great a great uh, food there. But I saw that the the I think it was a girl, mm-hmm. the girl who uh, no no it was a boy it was a boy a <laughs> boy who who started playing the game in the in the um in the morning. 
like five hours ago, still stands there and plays the game. Wow. So he played the game five hours long. Wow. And he, he didn't get bored or something like that. And it was like shortly before launch. It was like in December and they launched mm -hmm. the game in January. So he played almost the whole game right, right there back then on, on the booth there. And for five hours straight without a break. Yeah. That was really special for me. And like after that, I talked to the player and he fell in love with the game world and he taught me what could be improved because he's a really a big Hollow Knight fan. Mm -hmm. And so it was really, this was really one big moment for me. Yeah, um, I was kind of, I kind of had the similar experience because like when I was playing the game, like I caught myself just, uh, I started up and then I caught myself like just falling deep into it. And then I like looked at the time and turns out I had been playing for like three to four hours. And I was like, where did that time go? Like it was, and it, it was, I just, I just didn't know. I, I was just completely enraptured. It was, I was having fun. Um, And it felt very Mario-esque to where like it was, yeah. I didn't necessarily have to think too much. It was like I was just having a good time with the 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 game aspects, such as like the platforming. I was like helping some people find the, like run some errands and different things like that, and I was just having a good time. I really enjoyed that aspect of the game. So I want to ask you though, like the I always like asking deve developers when I do these interviews just one weird question, and my weird question for you is if you had to go out with with McKees, and you know, both of y'all ordering food. Hey, what are you ordering at this at this meal? Um, like of course we would go into the sushi restaurant. Yeah. So um because like Maki is a shark and mm -hmm. and he loves uh, and like um one of the big things behind the name of Maki is like my nickname my parents gave me is Maki, so the character is named after me. <laughs> That's really and cool. also after Maki sushi, this a spe specific sushi type. Mm -hmm. And um, so I came up came up with these both names, and I called it in Maki after that. So I would, of, I would of course order some Maki sushi for him. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> that's really cool. I'm sure he'd love it. So, you know, if they had an indie version of Super Smash Brothers and Makis was in it, would you feel a little bad about putting like facing Makis off against like the uh, the Hollow Knight characters? Well, it would be that's a really tough question. I I would <laughs> love to see Maki um fighting Hollow Knight. It mm -hmm. would be like, it would be a great thing to see, and I would be excited for it. So if anyone at Nintendo or anyone at uh, Team Cherries would mm -hmm. invite me there, I would I would of course say yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, Mateo, before we go though, I have one last um sort of pitch. Tell the people, give one last final pitch about uh, about McKee's adventures, if you will. Um, like, I want to use the situation right now, so if you anticipate Hollow Knight Silk Song, try to give Maki's Adventure a play, because I think you will like the game if you wait for Hollow Knight, the new game. And maybe, um, like, it's really Hollow Knight inspired, inspired and play, Hollow Knight players love the game. I post on Hollow Knight um, Reddit, and they really loved it. Like the the moderators uh, didn't even delete my post because they, they really loved the game too. It's really funny for my for my uh, for my side. But yeah, if you wait for Silk Song, give Maki's Adventure a play, you will like it. I love that. I, I, 
I love that. And yeah, I, I completely agree with you. You're going to love this game. Just give it a shot. And, you know, five to six hours later, you're going to be rolling credits and you're going to be like, wow, that was a really tight, really good experience. So, Mateo, before we go, though, I have one last thing for you. And it is I lied earlier because I said that that initial question was going to be the hardest experience of your life. No, it's not. It's it's this segment coming up. It is our pro nerd trivia challenge where I'm going to ask you five different categories, five different questions based on five different categories of nerdiness. So if you get all five correct, you go in our pro nerd hall of fame and you become one of the most distinguished people on the face of the planet at that point. But the record stands that only one person has earned that honor. But I believe in you. I have every faith in you because you look like a person of culture. You look like you know your nerdiness. So we're going to see if you're going to be a pro nerd. Are you ready, Mateo? Like, I will uh, blame my faith and um, I don't think that you will like my, me because I have absolutely zero knowledge about Marvel, for example. <laughs> It's like I just I grew up with Nintendo games and you can ask me about Zelda for example I would I would 90 personally answer every question you get you uh, get me mm-hmm. but like from superheroes and Marvel I sadly do not get that many contacts but we will see I am ready for the for the pro nerd quiz uh, Okay okay we'll, we'll we'll see so here we go um all right, so I have with me on my screen over here the the Pro Nerd Trivia Wheel of Destiny, and we're gonna hit that button right now, see what it lands on, and round and round and round it goes. It has stopped. All right, so I hope you're familiar with the world, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, because that is what the first one is. Like I watched every movie back then, but mm-hmm. I didn't even dive into uh, Hogwarts Legacy right now. Because I don't have time, but we will see. Okay. I, I'm I'm ready. Alright, so what is the name of the sport Harry Potter participates in at Quidditch. Hogwarts? Yeah, so you got the first one correct. <laughs> Alright. Alright, so he knows his Harry Potter, at least he knows his Quidditch Harry Potter. Now let's go to our next one. On our next one, we have We're going into space, everyone, because we're talking about Star Wars. Are you oh, ready? No. Oh no! He said, "Oh no!" Uh, I I watched the Clone Wars series. Mm-hmm. I loved it, but um, I'm not that big fan of a Star Wars series. But maybe I know the answer. Let's maybe see. so, maybe so. All right, there is a famous actor by the name of Samuel L. Jackson. What character does he play in the Star Wars franchise? I don't know that much about the actors, to be honest. Okay. I, I will maybe, I will give a guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> okay, okay. Is that your final answer? Yeah. <laughs> I am afraid that is incorrect, but for your for your reference, this character is named Mace Windu. He was the, the Jedi with the purple lightsaber. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Now let's move on to our next category. It is, surprisingly, you you might be excited about this one because it has officially landed on Nintendo. Okay, I'm excited. Nintendo trivia. All right, so. Okay, we're, here we go. All right, so 
in the world of Nintendo, we have a character known as Star Fox. What was the amphibian in the Star Fox franchise? Amphibian. This might be up your alley. You you seem to like aquatic aquatic type animals are like, you know, like amphibians and different types of animals I like that. Didn't get in touch with Star Fox to be honest. I just I just play a lot in Smash. <laughs> okay, okay. I know that was Falco, this um, Falco-like uh, character, mm -hmm. and the fox, of course, but Amphibian. I have to pass this question. I don't, don't know. I don't uh, know any. <laughs> all right. So for future reference, the Amphibian, he is a toad known as Slippery Toad. Oh, okay. Okay. So you had you got it right. There was Fox, Mac uh, fox McCloud. There's Falco. There's Wolf, and there's this bunny by the name of peppy hair and then there's slippy toad so, like so that is the answer so you got two wrong one correct but you're doing pretty good so far like you you didn't you're not leaving here with zero so i feel like that's a that's a good start all right so let's go spin the wheel all right so the wheel has landed on the world of anime Anime. Okay. <laughs> okay, you sound you sounded a little excited about that. Alright. So what is the main character? Who is the main character from the anime known as Bleach? Ichigo Kurosaki. Yeah, you so you know your anime. <laughs> you, yeah, animes are like I, I know like fifteen different animes and Bleach was one of the enemies, uh, luckily. <laughs> Yeah, so before we move on, have you been watching the new series, the new season of Bleach? Um, I read a lot of the manga, manga mm -hmm. parts of the game, of the, of the anime, but like, I just love to watch the fight scenes of the anime because I love the animation style and the fights there, but um, I couldn't continue the game, the anime because I, like, when I watched Bleach very actively, it was like, uh, you could, could only like get it on DVD, mm -hmm. and it was too expensive to, to continue with the anime and there was One Piece and the TV and I just watched every different episode of One Piece back then. So <laughs> I changed my, my uh, main anime then. Alright, so we have, for your final question, you have a category of A or category of B. I'm gonna let you choose your destiny here. So, okay. so I'm not gonna tell you which category is which, but if A is one way, B is another way. So which one would you like to go? I would take B. Option B. I like it. I like it. Let's see what option B was. Option B is in the world of PlayStation. Do you do you feel confident about that one? Never owned the PlayStation. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! All right. So here we go. Then let's hope that you get it correct. All right. Who is the main character? the male main character in the franchise known as Uncharted. Oh. Mm, I didn't play the game, so... Oh, no! I will okay. go there with two correct and three wrong, I think. <laughs> I, I, I like it, I like it. But for future reference, the name of the character is Nathan Drake. 
I, I know the name, but I didn't play any um, Uncharted. Mm -hmm. I maybe I watch some Let's Plays back in back a few years or, or a few months ago, but I couldn't remind <laughs> remember okay. it. Okay, so I think you did pretty good. Two, you know, two out of five ain't bad, and and you know, especially considering you were worried, you were worried. You, you felt like you're you you knew had some gaps there in your you know like in your nerdiness, and I feel like you did pretty well. The Harry Potter one, you Thank came you. out of the blocks hot. Yeah, I, I mean, Quidditch is really popular, and <laughs> Harry Potter is also like a really big franchise, and. Quidditch is really a, a name I really like. Remind a lot. I remember a lot because it's like it sounds so unique. Quidditch, if you okay. know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like it's very very easy to remember unique uh, names. Um, of course, like for example, Ichigo Kurosaki is also like a really unique name, and it's more unique than I would say. Like some Pokemon names in these yeah. days. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, so. Before we go, though, just out of curiosity, favorite One Piece character? Who is it? My favorite character is um, Lorna Zoro, of course. Mm -hmm. Everyone <laughs> but, loves Zoro. Um, Everyone. Yeah, loves he's like badass, and he, he is really like this tough guy. And later in the series, we, um, we, get, we got to know his warm side, and not only his cold side, where he just is like, I don't care about you all. I just want to go, go, go to the place number one. Mm -hmm. And it's like his um, like development over the anime is like, it's really great to see. And it's like everybody wanted to be like, like a really funny story. I, I watched One Piece when I was like eight or nine years old. And I trained in front of the TV because I wanted to look like Zoro back then. <laughs> that's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah, that's like one thing like everybody want to look like Zoro and be that cool as Zoro. And mm -hmm. it's like... I think it's the, the favorite character of many of many people. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I you know if I, I all the people I talk to like he's in the top three responses that I always get. It's always yeah. it's always him. You know, every once in a while I'll get like a a Nami or every once in a while I'll get a Luffy. But like Zoro's always in that conversation though. So that's pretty much a wrap for today's show. But before we go though, I where can the good people find you? Um, the good people can find me on Twitter, uh, like only type ZoroArts or Marquis Adventure and you will find my name, uh, my account. You can find me on Instagram, ZoroArts, and may I, I think you can find me everywhere, like 9gag, Reddit, um, Twitch. I stream there very inact inactively, so it's like mm -hmm. I streamed a lot earlier, but right now I love TikTok. I'm really active on TikTok and I build a community there, so if you want to um, follow my development you can find me on tiktok also zoro arts and tiktok is really like a really good good point for us developers and it's a really good thing to build a bit a range and find new players and of course youtube i have a youtube channel where i post game trailers and um, also like very soon tutorials how i made some things about the games and yeah i have the website called www.makisadventure.com Mm -hmm. it's like um also where you find every information about the game and of course steam <laughs> for sure for sure everyone check out steam for sure because you're going to want to play this game it is absolutely one of the best one of the best times i've had with video games in 2023 so definitely go check Thank this you. out all the links to all the descriptions that he 
that he just stated will be in the show notes. They'll be in the description of this video and of this episode if you're listening on Spotify and on Apple. You know, all of those, all the links will be there. So, Mateo, before we go, though, you know, it's been really great talking to you. I have to get your perspective on something, you know, you currently live in Germany. And as a person who is interested in German food, what would your recommendation be to me? Um, I would um, 100% recommend schnitzel. Okay. It's like like the most popular, one of the most popular foods, I think. Um, It's like really tasty and like... I love it. I love schnitzel. Okay. Um, and of course, also like uh, sausages here are really great. Like also um, like curry, curry, um, curry sausage, curry mm-hmm. wurst in Germany. It, it tastes so good and I cannot eat enough of it. Is it spicy? Um, you can eat it very spicy. Like I'm like, I also love spicy. I love the chicken wings from KFC, for example. <laughs> I love to eat it and uh, but that's like almost a limit for me in spiciness. So mm-hmm. maybe you will also like uh, you can order like 500 to 1 million um, um, scoville on the mm-hmm. curry curry sausage. So it's like for everyone, and I could recommend it to you. Okay, I like and that if one. You, if you travel to Germany, I could give you some um, great spots, and we could go there and have a diner if you want. <laughs> All right, that sounds like a plan. Uh, Gamescom's coming up. We're going to have to link up, and, and you're going to have to yeah, I show me some good spots. Yeah, definitely be there. All right, for sure, for sure. Well, Mateo, it's been uh, very cool to have you on the podcast today. I Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the invitation. It was, like, it was a really great time. I really feel comfortable here, and it's like a really, like, you got the, the completely correct um, questions to ask a developer, and it's like nothing I had to think about my answer before I like, just um, let out my thoughts, and it feels great to be here, and I would love to maybe for my next game be here too, if you want. Oh, you yeah, can, for sure. For would sure. love to, get, uh, to keep the contact, and thank you so much for the opportunity. For sure. Anytime you are available, I would love to have you on the show. If you want to come on and talk about Breath of the Wild or even Link's Awakening or even, you know, talk about Tears of the Kingdom, hit your boy up and I will have you on the show. You, you're you part of the Pro Nerd fam now. So, um, yeah, when next time you come out with the game, just hit me up, too, and we're going to have another deep discussion episode about it. So, Mateo, awesome. thank you. Mateo, it's been fun. We are all out of time for today's episode, but before we go, I got to say to everyone, to the people, I cannot stress this enough. You need to play McKee's Adventure. You're going to have a really good time. It's a really fun game. It has a lot of unique mechanics in it, and it combines some of the familiar aspects of games that you know in the best way possible. If you want to know more about it, definitely check out the trailer. It'll also be in the link of the description below. So that's a wrap for today's episode. Mateo, I will see you next time. Thank you. Have a nice evening. Bye. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for watching the video. If you liked the video, hit that like button. Also, for more videos just like this one, go ahead and hit that subscribe button right here. Thanks again for watching the video, and for more like it, stay right here at the Pro Nerd Report channel. So, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for watching the video. If you liked the video, don't forget to hit that like button. Also, hit the subscribe button for more videos just like this one. I also want to let you know about the single player experience discord server. It's a perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games that they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers. The link to join will be in the description. 
Once you're in, feel free to share your video game backlog list, talk about the good single player games you've been playing, or give your feedback on the show. If you have a game you think should be recommended and should be reviewed, let me know about it right there. Before we go, I just want to thank you once again for listening to today's episode. Stay safe, stay gaming, and I hope to catch you in the next one. Peace.